In this episode, we are talking tips to strengthen your intuition. But this isn't your average list of tips. We're going beyond the basics, covering them, but going beyond them into like the real deal ways to strengthen your intuition. This is Heather Wood and Jamie Hayhurst, and this is the Intuitive Girl's Guide. Hey, Jamie, let's talk about some tips on strengthening your intuition. And I want to talk about like the basic ones that everyone talks about, but I, I'm kind of more excited to talk about the not so basic ones that I actually think are more important. What do you think? Yes. I love it. Okay. So let's kind of go over the basic ones first. Um, I don't want to spend a ton of time on them because I feel like there's like 27 million articles on these ones. Um, but, but I do want to, um, I don't want to just say, do these, I want to be like, Hey, here's how you can actually do them and why they help your intuition. Does that cool. make sense? Yes, exactly. Okay. So the first one that I'm going to go with to strengthen your intuition is grounding. Mm-hmm. This is a really cool subject. This could be its own podcast. Grounding is fascinating and it's not just putting bare feet on the ground which is an important part of it but there's a lot more to it it's like a really cool almost science like in itself however (laughs) I hear a lot of people say like oh you know the reason that your intuition isn't working as strongly is because your energy is not grounded and it's you have to go outside and you have to do all this stuff and where grounding your energy is important and hugely helpful and really important for your health. It's not really that big of a deal for tuning into your intuition. Right. I think grounding and earthing are very important things to do. Um, But it's something that you can do really like quickly to sort of kickstart your intuition, but you don't have to make it into a big thing. Yes. And in fact, and I'll I'll talk more about grounding in a second, but in in fact, when you're tuning into your intuition, you want to be grounded, but you don't want to be super duper grounded. You actually need to not be fully grounded to use your intuition. I think where the problem lies is that when people say you need to ground yourself, what they mean is that you need to come back into your body and into your own self. But if you go super low, like into the lower chakras, then you're not into like the intuitive chakras, which are up, up top in your body. Exactly. Exactly. So grounding, super important. I value grounding deeply. And I think it is a part, like if you do want to keep your intuition strong, making sure that your energy is grounded during the day is really important. However, I do feel like there's there's a lot of weight put on that and it's not necessarily like if that's all you focus on, it's really not going to help that much. Right. So grounding your energy just means connecting your energy to the earth and to your lower chakras, like you said, and being in your own body. So I think of needing grounding when I feel like that scatterbrain feeling, you know, when you have like monkey brain and you're like in the middle of three things and you can't focus. Uh-huh. That's when I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to ground my energy. I have gotten away from that. Right. So there's a there's a bunch of things you can do, but very simply, you can just go outside. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, even if it's just for like 30 seconds and just literally think about connecting yourself to the earth. And if you can't get outside, like you're maybe it's a work situation or whatever, 
you can literally sit there and think about grounding your energy and connecting it to the earth and it will help you ground. Is it the most effective grounding technique? No, but you could definitely do that. Right. I tell clients to send their energy out like through their bodies and out through the bottoms of their feet and like imagine it going into the earth. And that's enough of like an energetic um, visualization that it will it will ground you. Exactly. Exactly. Perfect. Um, You can also go out and put your hands on a tree, the taller the tree or like the kind of tree that has like really deep roots. That's going to help ground your energy. Rocks, crystals, gemstones, anything like that, having them, even if you're inside, is going to ground your energy, having them on your person or nearby. Um, There's lots of ways that you can do that. Like I said, I don't want to spend a ton of time there. Helpful, (laughs) but not actually the best tip for strengthening your intuition, in my opinion. The only thing I would add to that is I think maybe where there's a little bit of a confusion is I think people say ground your energy when they actually mean put your boundaries up. Ooh, I like that. I like that. I think you're, I think you're right. Like come into your body, ground yourself into your body. And I think by that, they mean um, pull, like call your energy back to you, like all the energy you have out on other things, other people, things you're worrying about. If you bring all that back into yourself, like just the energy of it, um, you're going to be more likely to tap into your own intuition, but that's not actually grounding. Absolutely. That's a, that's a fantastic point. And I think there's sort of this, I'm going to call it a misconception, but I'm going to put an asterisk next to it and mean like no judgment about it. But there's kind of a misconception that using your intuition or tapping in is dangerous in some way. Like you could let really bad energy in if you don't know what you're doing or something. That's not really true. Um, and that also could be its own. Episode. <laughs> yep. um, that isn't actually really true, but I do understand that. So I think sometimes people say grounding it with that sense too, like, oh, so that you're protecting your energy against the quote unquote evil spirits that might come in. Right. Agreed. Yeah. Not really a thing. No. It, yeah. It's all getting sort of blurred together and messy when we start using words like that. Exactly. So just to wrap up grounding, you should definitely put some awareness into how grounded your energy is during the day because we're as human beings, we are meant to be outside more than we are. Like we're, we're built for that. So your energy will call to you with that feeling of not being grounded, not because you're doing something wrong, but just as like your body knows how to alert you to what it needs. So it's telling you it needs to be reconnected to the earth. So for your well-being, do that. If your energy is very much not at all grounded, using your intuition is going to be hard. So yes, having it grounded important but more for just like your overall well-being. Exactly. All right. The next one I have, it has to do with frequency. This is like a popular thing now is like mm-hmm. your frequency. Kind of cool. I like, I like it to be honest with you. Um, so I don't necessarily think that you need to measure what your current frequency is before you like tap in. Or if you want to like strengthen your intuition, like you have to sort of know, what megahertz you're operating at all the time. I think that's cool to know. Right. I think if you sort of paid attention to sort of like, is my frequency low? And you can feel that in your body. Like, is my energy level low? Do I feel like 
quote unquote negative emotions. Like, am I feeling like short with people or frustrated or aggravated or angry? Like that could be lower frequency. Are, are you sick? Like do you have an illness, your frequency is going to lower and you can do things. One of my favorite things to do is to put on frequency music, which you can get on YouTube, Pandora, anywhere. You can type in frequency music and you can get it for free most places. Right. And you can just like Google, like if you just want to feel peaceful or even you want to feel connected to your intuition, you can find frequency music. And what will happen is the, the music will play at a certain frequency and your body will naturally align itself with that frequency. Right. I think... So- People love that because it's very measurable, almost like the way a tarot or an oracle card is where you can like literally read it. Um, I think there's something about like our human brains that live in in like a patriarchal society that like numbers, answers, results, that if you can measure your frequency, that feels um, like, like that's something that you can control and manage. Yeah. Agreed. And I think it's cool. And like, there's all kinds of things where you can muscle test to find your frequency or have somebody who's like an expert in that do that for you. Super cool. Totally do it. Love it. But place more importance, in my opinion, place more importance on how it feels, not necessarily the actual number. Right. You'll know when your frequency is low. I mean, you're not, you probably won't be able to get like an exact number, but you'll know where you are. Even if you look up one of the charts of like what the emotions are and what their frequency is, like you can look at that and be like, oh, I'm here. I'm, I'm at this emotion. You know what I mean? It's great to have a number. It's great to be able to measure that, but it's not, don't let it stop you from anything. Exactly. And it's, it's easily adjustable more easily than you think your body naturally wants to be at a higher frequency than like one that's uncomfortable for you. So it will, again, your body will alert you. And what this has to do with intuition is that in order to tune in to whatever you're trying to tune into, whether it's just divine energy, getting downloads, angel guides, spirits, doesn't your own body, it does not matter. Whatever you're trying to do to like tune in and really grab that information, you have to operate at a higher frequency to get to that. So if your frequency is super low, um, it's difficult. And the example I give is a lot of times when people are grieving the loss of somebody that they love, they want to tune in and sort of get a message from them in spirit, right? Uh, Yes. And they'll say to me, I can't, I'm so sad. And I'm sitting there thinking and and wishing they were there and trying to get a message and I can't get it. And it's not that you're not getting a message. It's not that like your spirit loved ones, like, eh, screw you. You're sad. I don't want to talk to you right now. It's more that like they are, but because those kinds of emotions bring your frequency down, you are unable to reach and hear and, and take in that information. Does that make sense? Yeah. Right. You can't receive it at that level. Exactly. Exactly. It's like when you're sick, like you're, you really, like if you have a a bad cold or something, you really feel like your body is just operating on like the basics it needs to, and just like trying to fight the cold and it doesn't really have much left for anything else. Like it's sort of the same with emotion. And like, if your frequency is down lower, your body is in more of a survival mode. So it's much more difficult to like tune into that higher stuff. Exactly. Makes so much sense. Okay. So my next one is meditation. Um, So like the frequency agreed, um, meditation also agree, very helpful. In fact, 
when I am teaching somebody about how to use their intuition, I often tell them to do a guided meditation as like some of their first intros to feeling information kind of come in. Does that make sense? Yep. Um, Meditation is hugely important, but also, okay, I'm teeing you up a little here, Jay, warning. (laughs) Also a little bit of like a whitewashed, weird cultural bully people for not meditating mm-hmm. weird thing in our culture right now it's weird yeah it's become this sort of like prerequisite to do anything that's seen as spiritual or enlightened or having any kind of spiritual practice if you don't meditate if you don't have a meditation practice like an active daily practice then you're not doing it right and you're not going to be able to do it right um and it does feel like sort of a bullying and it feel it feels like a lot of pressure and i will say that personally that um i do not have a daily meditation practice and i have like almost as a form of rebellion i've now like refused to create one because i see so much of that in like social media and in like you know, different, like, like these big sort of companies that are national and international that really try to like, that's where they start their sales pitch is get on board with our meditation challenge. Like, no, yes, you can meditate, but no, don't be bullied. Like, don't, don't feel, don't be guilted about it. Yeah. It, because I completely agree. And what you're describing is, telling people to meditate from an ego place, not an intuition place there. This is one of those things that different things are right for different people. Like literally there's so many ways to meditate and there's so like for some people having a daily meditation practice is really incredibly helpful and it works super well for them. And if you are one of those people, high five, keep doing it. That's great. I'm not one of those people either. You know what I tend to do is like, I'll, I'll give myself a challenge. Like, okay, for the next 10 days, I'm going to make sure I meditate for 10 minutes every day. Like, and then I'll sort of ease off and more do it intuitively. But what I think is a big misconception is the idea that you have to like sit quietly for half an hour on like cloud pillows to meditate. Like, no. Yeah, exactly. Or it's like, that's it's become this like competition. Like you read posts on Instagram or whatever. And it's like, just finished my daily 60 minute meditation. Like what? I mean, most people, unless that's literally your job, you know, to do really active, intuitive stuff every day, people don't have time for that. And so it's not a competition. I know I've said that a lot recently in episodes, but like none of this stuff is a competition. Yeah. And it's important to say though, Jay, because it's, it's very ego based to make it a competition. And I think it even goes beyond competition. It's like a holier than thou thing that, that is in the spiritual worlds that both you and I can't stand. And it comes across like this. So you can meditate by going for a walk. You can meditate by putting music in on your headphones and like doing other things you can meditate almost every form of exercise is meditation, to be honest with you. Um, you can, you can do, you can crank music as loud as you possibly can in your car and scream, sing it 
one of my most favorite forms of meditation. You can do, you can do guided meditations. You can do not guided meditations. You can fall asleep to a meditation. You can wake up to one. You can do it anytime. There's no time limit. There's no way. And there's not a right quote unquote right amount to do every week. It's based on you. It should, it's really, I hate to tell people stuff should or shouldn't because I feel like that's kind of preachy, but it should be something that you're intuitively going, oh, I feel like I need to meditate, not like, oh, this is my meditation schedule. Right. Don't use the should as like, I really should meditate today. Right. Just listen, like if you're, if you're feeling a pull to that, that's when you sh- quote unquote should do that. But don't use that should as something to add to your to-do list or to make you feel guilty about it. Exactly. So the reason that meditation helps like strengthen your intuition is that meditation is sort of like the practice of cutting away the noise and the outside voices and the shoulds and the ego and the, all of the like conditioned stuff and the the stuff that you like have to do for everyone else. It's like a moment to cut that away and to be in tune with yourself. Right. Now, I know some of our listeners are thinking this thought right now and you're going to be like, wow, she's so intuitive that she knows that I'm thinking this thought, but it's, I am, but it's really because I hear it so often. People will say to me, I try to meditate, but I can't meditate because my mind is too busy. Mm -hmm. That's kind of like saying, well, I try to exercise, but I can't exercise because it makes me sweaty. Right. Exactly. reeling your thoughts in having them drift away and like acknowledging and bringing yourself back to quiet or to like a directed state, like what you're choosing to sort of think about is why you meditate. (laughs) Well, yes, exactly. And I'm so glad you raised this point. You just teed me up without knowing it. Um, (laughs) But this is another one of those things like with the um, debunking the myths about intuition is that we see in our like world and media, um, we expect meditation to be this different experience. Like we were saying about intuition, we were expecting intuition to be seeing dead people like in the sixth sense and not knowing that they were dead because they're so realistic, right? Like, so people expect to have this like crazy experience when they're meditating and like, like experiencing nirvana and bliss and all this stuff. And please don't get me wrong. I'm sure there are many of you that are listening and you're like, I actually do that. Like I actually do kind of lose track of time and go someplace else. And I do communicate with guides or spirits hundred percent you do, but that's not going to be everyone's experience. And it's not going to be everyone's experience every time. So like the expectations are so high and so unrealistic that when you first try, you're like, I'm doing it wrong. Like, what's the point? I'm doing it wrong. I can't do it. But really you're doing it. You, your expectation is just wildly like out of view. Exactly. You're, you've been taught that you're supposed to be like a monk floating in the air with no thoughts. Right. In head. But the, the reason that you meditate is to learn to like, take that sort of constant ego voice that's going on and, and sort of separate yourself a little bit from it. So that ideally you're going like, Oh, 
my ego is, is thinking that, and Oh, I just intuitively felt that like you're a step away from it instead of just like being in that really reactionary place and being pulled between the two all the time. And if, if you're going to really like tap in and, and sort of download information intuitively, understanding the difference between those sort of quote unquote voices and energies is what's going to help you. So the very act of going like, oh my God, my mind keeps wandering today to like what I'm going to cook for dinner or whatever, or like that conversation I had earlier and I have to keep reeling it back. The act of the reeling it back is the strengthening, is the thing that's helping you. If you sit quietly, like you said, in a blissful, whatever, lose track of time and travel to 18 different dimensions, like high five, that's awesome. But that's not going to happen every time. And that's not most people's experience. And that's not really quote unquote, why you meditate. No, you're just trying to like create space for the intuition to come to you. So even if you're just reigning in that voice that you feel like you can't control, even if you're just quieting that a little bit, you're creating space to allow intuition to come in. You don't have to leave this dimension. You can, (laughs) right. You don't have to, you're still, you're still being productive. It's still effective. Yes. If you can meditate just to calm yourself down and you can also meditate to talk to your spirit guides if you want to, or whatever, do all of that. Great. Whatever works for you. And that, that sort of segues me to the last one, which is connecting to your guides or spirit guides or angel guides or however you view that. I view guides as angelic energies that like help people, but that's not everybody's point of view. It's not the way that everybody sees it. I, I want to fully acknowledge that, but I also want to here give people the advice that I actually give out. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I'm not, thank you. <laughs> I'm not preaching that this is the only way to look at it. I'm just saying like, this is what I tell people. Right. Okay. So a lot of people confuse when I say guides, they think that I mean like they're like dead grandma. We talk about dead grandma all the time. Oh, right. Yes. That's not what I mean. You should totally convene with your spirit ancestors. I think that's the freaking coolest. However, when it comes to strengthening your intuition, your guides, meaning more like the, the sort of angelic beings that are like supporting you through your life. I know this sounds really woohoo. It is kind of woohoo, but it's also a lot more basic than people think you're sort of trained to hear it as like, woohoo, angel guides. Um, (laughs) but they're, they're great helpers in this. So if you can sort of tune in, in my view, everybody has three guides that are like just assigned to them, their souls. And like, they're with you every trip you take. If you can tune into them and start to like get information from them and like be aware of them. And maybe you don't even have to hear them talking to you, but like talk to them or feel like you can connect to that energy and, you can feel like protected by them and like they're part of the channel. That's also a great way to connect to your, to your intuition. And it doesn't have to be, um, again, you floating on a cloud with angels dancing around you. It can just be like you like finding what that connection to that sort of channel feels like. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. So that's the advice I give. But I also want to say other people view that differently. Some of you might be listening to that and being like, what is she talking about? Like, that's just how I see it. You can see it. Maybe you just see it as like connecting to divine energy or connecting to goddess or, or God energy. Like it doesn't matter sort of the, 
the term you use, but like doing something where you're connecting to something higher or bigger than yourself will help your intuition. Of, right. Of course. Right. It opens the, the channel for it. Yes. Okay. Are you ready to get to like the not so basic ones? Yeah. Yes. Now, I don't want it to sound like I'm saying the basic ones are unimportant. I, I think that they're very important. Mm-hmm. But I think these not so basic ones that I don't ever see talked about are more important. <laughs> right. Like, these basic ones you can find, there's like a million Hay House articles written about these things. Like you can, the things we just went over, you they are literally books written about these things. So like, let's talk about the ones that people don't talk about so that there's more information about it out there. Yes. And I'm going to go so far to say, Jay, that if you don't do these ones, doing the other ones is a bit of a wash. Oh, okay. <laughs> you, I'll tell you what they are. And then maybe at the end, you can say you agree, you disagree, or like add something to that. Okay. All right. So the first one for strengthening your, strengthening your intuition, that is so important. And that I see as a a big problem culturally right now for a lot of people. And that is having creative outlets. Oh, yep. Myself included. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Same. I sort of grew up thinking that creativity was <clears throat> like being able to paint. <laughs> like that you thought creativity was artistic. Yes. The two in my head were like the same. And right. I know I'm not alone in that thought. I know, I don't know if it's like our generation, Jay, or if it's, I don't know what it is, but I, yeah, creativity is not, um, it is not just art and art is creativity. So like, don't get me wrong, like being able to express your creative Um, energy or like get your creative energy out through art is super awesome. Um, But it isn't the only one. No, it's just creation. Creating is creation. Yes. Now here's the the kind of kicker with strengthening your intuition and creativity. The cre- so the re- first of all, the reason that creativity and intuition, like the reason that strengthens it is because sort of using creativity is like a really ancient, like well-known thing to spark intuition and like intuitive people use creative outlets constantly. Like they, they are synonymous with each other. Like I hear a lot of people talk about like the creatrix archetype and like that kind of energy. That's all that like very um, feminine, not not gender wise, but like feminine energy intuitively, like that's, it's all kind of the same. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So the reason that that is important for your intuition is because it puts it in this place where you're like allowing your intuition to come out without a large amount of expectation attached to it. Yes. But if your only creative outlets are have expectation I'll give an example in a minute but like there's a lot of expectation connected to it it's actually going to be kind of counterproductive to strengthening your intuition right because intuition is creation it's that same feminine like energy of creating so if you're not creating like in your actual life with things and thoughts and projects then you're not calling intuition in right so Mm -hmm. 
maybe you do a job where you create things. Like maybe you are a like painter or sculptor or you sell like just whatever you make something and you sell it and you use that creative process. I hate to tell you this, but if you don't have an outlet that's outside of like doing that for a sale or for other people, that is not counting quote unquote as your creative stuff. And in addition, if you sit down to paint or to craft or to whatever you're going to do, um, write or sing, or like, there's again, there's so many, if you sit down to create anything and you are really connected to an expectation of the outcome, how other people are going to receive it, is it going to match the exact image I have in my head out when I make it? You're again pulling yourself away from that kind of creativity, creativity I'm talking about when it comes to strengthening your intuition. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> and this, I, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go on like a little bit of a capitalistic rant here, which is oh, like, do. the, like, as we've discussed before, like our society has made it like so hard just to exist, especially like during a pandemic, but even before then, like with livable wages, um, with, you know, the patriarchy and capitalism rampant in this country and in, around the globe that everyone just to exist, it feels like most people are taking the things that they love and that they're sort of naturally good at and trying to make them into like this new cool thing, which is like the side hustle, right? So then you suck all the fun out of what's supposed to be your creative outlet because now you're trying to monetize it because you've got to just like live and survive and be able to eat. Um, And so now you have, you leave yourself with nothing that's like just a creative outlet. Like the thing that you did before, now you're trying to monetize. So now you have all these like expectations, like you said, tied to the end goal of it. And so then you're left with no flow. You're left with no, like no place for your intuition to come from or to go to, because all of those channels are like, you're trying to micromanage them to like, to feed you and make you money. Yes. I love that. That's, I love that very much. I I like when I intentionally tee you up for stuff. And I like when I accidentally do (laughs) even better, (laughs) but what I'll, what I'll also add to that, I completely agree. It's not your fault that your creative stuff has been kidnapped from you and that you have to monetize it. So don't read that as judgment or take that as judgment. It's the, it's a part of, our society. And it's also a part of living in a very ego based society is that everything you have to do has to meet an expectation. Right. Well, and I will say that I, in my muggle life, am a photographer, you know, and that was something that I always loved to do. But then as a way to help provide for my family, I made it a career. Mm -hmm. Um, And I constantly find myself balancing like, is this the work that I want to be creating or is this the work that I think the client wants, which obviously you have to take into consideration. They're the client. Um, but I find that some of the work I love the most is the work I do. That's that I volunteer. Yeah. Because there's yeah. no money attached to it, you know? Yeah. So I do that work because I love it. And I love being there where I am like photographing things and there's nothing tied to it. Yes. And do both. Right. Use, use your creative, creative gifts to make money. Absolutely. We're not telling you not to do that, but
But no, if you don't have another outlet without a large expectation attached to it, it's not going to be an intuition strengthener. There's nothing wrong with doing that. But there, if you can find a small like way to do that, that's really helpful. And it, it doesn't even have to be kidnapped by monetizing it. Like for me, I am the, the daughter of very like crafty people. Like my mother, my aunt, my grandmother, it keeps going down the line. Like these are like domestic goddesses mm-hmm. and it passed down all these women, Jay. And it got to me and it was like, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> and I actually, I love to do crafts. You know, you know that I love to do little projects. Like I, I really do love them, but it took me a long time to love it because these other amazing women in my life, my mom, my aunt, my grandmother, and and beyond that would craft and make something that was like beyond amazing, like better than anything you could find in a store, like Martha Stewart, step aside. And I would make something and it wouldn't be to that level. So I sort of shut that outlet off because I was constantly having this expectation that it would be something else. So what I had to do, this is my advice to everybody with this, what I had to do is go, I'm going to use, instead of um, using expectation, which is ego, I'm going to use intention, which is intuition. So my intention is to make a wreath I like, or to have a sort of almost meditative 20 minutes where I craft something and maybe I use it, maybe I don't, but my intention is to feel like this while I'm doing it. Same with like, like the photography example. If you were like, my intention is to go on a walk and to just take pictures and to maybe when I come home, find two or three that I can play with and like really love what I made. And that's right. it, right? Like mm-hmm. that will spark that. You don't have to get rid of the other pieces, but you have to, or not have to, but it will help you to find that creativity without expectation. Exactly. Okay. All right. My next one is um, a term that I use a lot, um, maybe too much. (laughs) And that is alignment. (laughs) Well, I think maybe you could help people understand what that is. I think that word's becoming more and more popular. And I don't think a lot of people actually know what it means. No, I think it's like a, a, like a spiritual intuitive world, like hot buzzword, but it's, it's like really important. I don't want it to get washed away in the sea of trendiness because what alignment is, is saying to yourself, how do I want to feel? Like, what is it that I want to feel like? What is it that I want to experience in my life? What is, what is that? What do I want that to feel like? And then going is what I'm, I'm experiencing right now in line with that. Is it headed towards that? Is it the same as that? Is it going to grow to that or is it way off track right when you live in a society that values productivity over almost everything else the way that you sort of counteract that is with alignment your intuition is designed to feed you information to align you with how you want to feel so not just like tuning into it, but saying how you want to feel, like being able to put words to that and valuing how you want to feel and what you want to experience over what you want to produce will really, I can't even tell you how much that will help strengthen your intuition. Okay. I'm so glad that you just said this. (laughs) 
when I first started reading about alignment, it was always in the frame of you need to align yourself with the universe. You need to align yourself with, um, it was always talking about like a higher power. Um, and so that felt very um, hard. Like, <laughs> I didn't know how to do that. Um, just align yourself with divinity, Jay. What's the problem? Right, exactly. <laughs> like, line yourself up with God in the universe. No big deal. Like, just, just set the arrow there. But when you say it like that, line yourself up with your own intuition, with your own desire. Intuition is desire. So you line yourself up with what you want and how you want to feel. You are then doing both. You're, line, you're aligning yourself with your own desire. But that is the energy of the universe. Exactly. Exactly. So like that's what they meant, but it 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 read as this like this thing that I had to go into meditation for four hours and create. Like it it felt like this obstacle course. Yeah, it sort of adds to that like unreachable bullying right. sort of feeling and why a lot of people turn away from intuitive stuff because they're like, I don't know how to align myself with the universe. I can't even align myself with like the chores. Right. Yeah, right. Exactly. So here's the thing. Here's how you you sort of see like aligning yourself with the universe is something that happens when you align yourself with your own intuition. It's like a it's it's a effect. Like it's something that like cause and effect. Like it happens because you did that, and you'll know it because you'll be experiencing things that are very much in line with astrology. If you see what's going on with that, you'll be experiencing things that match up with what's going on in the world. Like you'll, you'll be like, why can't I sleep? Oh, it's because there's like all this, you know, energetic turmoil in the world. That's why I'm having trouble. Like, like you'll start to notice those kinds of things. You'll be like, Oh, I think I'm, Oh, this is what this moon phase is tonight. This is how I'm feeling. That is that just shows you you're aligned. It shouldn't be something that you're judging yourself for, being like, "Oh, I'm not aligned with the universe." No, it's okay. Right. Those are just that's just confirmation that you're moving into alignment. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Okay. We'll be right back after this short break. My next one, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you how I discover it, and then I'll I'll like sort of reveal what it is. But I I ask this question to almost every single, well, basically person I meet, but definitely if we're in a session or something, and the look that comes back at me is the most deer in headlights look ever. And this is not to make fun of people; it's to point out a problem with society. Mm -hmm. Okay. So people will, I'll say, Hey, what's going on? What can I help you with? That sometimes gets a deer in headlights, but usually somebody knows what the problem is or what's not working. Right. So I frame it that way. And so they'll, they'll say all of that. And sometimes they'll even say what they want, like a goal or something. And so then I will say, okay, how do you want to feel day to day when you have that? Like, what kind of feelings do you want to experience? And the look that comes back, Jay, is, is like I started to speak a different language. Right. I, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's not anybody's fault. It's because you have not been taught. And it, especially if you are a woman, you have been taught to disconnect from those things. Okay. Mm -hmm. So when I say, how do you want to feel? You don't have an answer because you haven't been one trained to think like that, or you've been untrained to think like that you're right. born meant you're born able to think that way right and two it feels very dangerous and vulnerable to say it out loud so 
I do that not to be mean, but it sort of helps me gauge where somebody is intuitively, not like, oh, you have a, you have a weak intuition if you can't answer that question. It just tells me like how currently connected you are to it. So if you say to me, here we go, and you start naming them, or you sort of, you kind of stumble through, but you, you find them. I'm like, okay, this person is currently connected to their intuition. There's not a lot of roadblocks in between. But the harder time you have answering that question, the more I know you've got a bunch of gunk in between you and using it. Does that make right. sense? Yeah, because people are they set their goals around things. Right. Not how your intuition works. Your intuition does not care about things. No, they want to fix something or they want a promotion or they want to find love or they want, you know, a dream home or something. Yeah. All great. You should, you should mm. go after all of those things, but you have to, you have to be connected to how you want to feel when you have that thing or how it feels to have it or how you want to feel as you work towards it that's going to be something that you have in your awareness or else your intuition isn't going to help you get there because it isn't going to know how you're using the language of the ego and trying to spark your intuition. And that's not going to work. Right. And that's one of the failed. Um, that's one of the missing steps of manifesting. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Don't even get it. Not, right. Not, not labeling how you want to feel when you get whatever it is that you're manifesting. Exactly. Like if you say, I want to manifest a promotion at work. Cool. You can feel there's not a lot of energy when you say that. That's great. You should, you should know that identify that that's what you want, but then come up with something that's like, I want to walk into work and feel appreciated and respected and powerful and be able to call the shots and feel like I'm influencing things there. You can feel the difference in the energy. So have both but saying the other one and thinking the other one more is going to actually help you manifest it a lot faster and sometimes better because sometimes the thing that you manifest is better than like the, the promotion. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if you the universe, right. the universe knows better than you do. So if you give it the emotions, it will, it will oftentimes give you better than what you had planned. Exactly. As a, a control freak, I understand if you're listening and that feels a little uncomfortable to you. I, I feel I understand you deeply in my bones, but it does work. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> okay. My next one is your response to your intuition and your response to your ego. What do you do when you take in this information? Mm. Yes. So important, Jay. And I never see this on any strength in your intuition tips list. No, never. Okay. So what I mean by this, let's start with intuition. If you are, so however you experience intuition, right? Like whatever clairs or however it comes in for you or whatever way you identify it. If you take that information and immediately doubt it, if you take that information and, and doubt that you actually, you're like, you do that thing where you're like, was that my brain or was that my intuition? And you don't ever go like, okay, recognize, got it. Interesting. Let me see how this plays out. Let me, let me keep my eyes open around this. If, if you don't, if you're just like discounting it, you're going to weaken your connection. Exactly. That doesn't mean you have to like, you, you, let's say you, you're driving in the car and you're, you're meditating by screaming, like Alanis Marset lyrics at the top of your lungs. Good for you. I love that. Um, let's say you're doing that and you get this download that you are not meant to work where you're working anymore. You want to work somewhere else. 
it does not mean that you need to pull over and call your boss and quit immediately. (laughs) (laughs) Don't just wait. Don't do that yet. Wait. Yeah. Maybe it does. And high five if you do that. But if you just take a breath, because it's going to be most intuitive downloads like that are very jarring. Um, and just take a breath and go, Oh, my intuition is telling me to start to move towards something else. Like it, you don't have to quit tomorrow. You just have to sort of go like, Oh, I need to digest this and play with this. Like you just need to value the information that came in. If that makes sense. Yeah. I've, I've taught myself over the years to just be aware of things that are coming in and that it doesn't like, we're so in, like trained in this culture to like have immediate responses to things and like square things away and fish, finish things or solve things. Um, is that if you can just be aware, Oh, I just had this thought. Oh, I just had that thought. Oh, and if you can just like acknowledge them and observe them, it, it doesn't have to be managed immediately. Yes. Just be with it. I'm going to, I'm going to give, I'm going to say a cheesy thing cheesy brace. You're a human being, not a human doing. I know. I know. It's so cheesy. I know. But it's true right here. This is a really good example of it. Your intuition isn't about just running out and and taking action. It's going like, Ooh, how does that feel? What am I going to do with that? That's interesting. And acknowledging and like being with it and then creating like some sort of a plan. Exactly. I I agree 100% with that. Okay. You agree with my cheesy statement too? I do. I will allow it. Okay. <laughs> All right. And then the same with your ego. So we live in a culture that it celebrates ego and teaches you to value your ego over everything else and to ignore your intuition, right? No secret. You've heard us say that many times. Um, but what you do with the information your ego gives you is, is very similar to what you do with the information your intuition gives you. You be with it for a little bit. If your ego's like, oh my God, I I feel so triggered by that human being over there, it doesn't mean to go over and punch them in the face. <laughs> it doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean that something is triggering fear in you probably rightfully so and it means to be with it look at it walk away from that person set a boundary with that person do absolutely but like don't just react with your ego and what it says to you like i not not long ago had a client um come in it was his first visit he's not like a a a typical client of mine he was a not super intuitive guy but like needed some help and I said, he kept talking about this awful voice that's in his head and how he's so terrible with this terrible, awful voice that makes him anxious. And I told him, oh, that's just your ego. That's not you. That's just, that's just like a voice that, that brings your fears to your attention. Blew his freaking mind, Jay. Blew oh, it. Yeah. People think their ego is just them and right and and speaking truths. It's it's not. Your ego's not bad. Your ego is telling you fears and, and alerting you to stuff that triggers fear. It's trying to keep you safe, but it's not a truth teller. Right. And the more you ignore it or suppress it, the louder it gets. And so then, like, because it's ego and fear, the sort of like the nastier it gets, the more anxious it gets or the more aggressive it gets because it's trying to get your attention. Yes. Where your intuition will just be like, forget it. Try again another time. Your ego will be like, 
you will listen to me, bitch. You will hear me. I will, I will give you a stomach ache. I'll do all the things so that I become central in your life. And it does that because it's keeping you safe. Like you have, its job is to keep you alive. And it reads that as, as a threat, even if it's something that's not actually a threat to your life. Does that make sense? Right. And I, I would also say like, I think as much as we've been conditioned to ignore our, our intuition, we've been conditioned to immediately listen to our ego, like to, we're on like a hair trigger with our ego. So like if we perceive a danger, a lot of people are just reacting. They're, they're not giving themselves that space to be like, okay, do I need to be this upset? Like, is this, is this that much of a threat? You know, and once you can start to differentiate that voice, it's a lot easier to take a step back and be like, okay, I'm good. I need to see this, but I'm okay. We're okay here. And then, and, and then proceed from there. Absolutely. Something that you'll notice with intuitive empathic people who are constantly working on themselves is they will say to you in a sentence, Oh my God, my ego was, was like really triggered or my ego is saying this, or I intuitively got this. They will differentiate it when they speak to you. Um, you and I do that all the time, you know, and we're not devaluing them and we're identifying them to express to the other person or to work out something that like where this is coming from, because if it's coming from a place of desire, which is intuition, right? Then it means something different than if it's coming from a place of fear, which is ego. So like, you'll notice that with people who do that. And if you don't talk like that, it doesn't mean you're not intuitive, but it's to me, I, I zone in on that. How, if people are saying like, they're just being completely reactionary to their ego and their intuition and bouncing around. And they don't know the difference between the two and people who are like speaking in a way that identifies them. Yes. That's a huge, huge difference in, in noticing between the two and then being just being able to differentiate is, is, is so big. Yes. Okay. Um, I want to mention this one, but we have an entire episode dedicated to this. Um, so I'm not going to go too far into this, but I wanted to say like understanding the clairs and knowing which ones are your strongest is a huge, huge part of strengthening your intuition. Yes. Remarkably impactful. So go to that episode if you haven't listened to it, but basically it's just identifying the way that you take in, um, information of any kind, not just intuitive, like, woohoo downloads like learning any of that like understanding how it comes in for you because you've been you've been sort of taught that it only comes in in like one way and shown it wrong (laughs) right right we've taught to learn one way to perceive intuition one way everything's very standardized in our culture yes so knowing which ones you tend to use or which one understanding all of them, knowing which ones you tend to use, but also knowing like, oh, this is what it's like to take in information with this Claire. It's coming through this way. Like understanding that is really, really important. And understanding that you have an intuitive inner set of senses that's different than your outer set of senses. They can work together, but they're different. Like knowing all of that and having a an understanding of like your own ones and how you process that is so important to strengthen your intuition. Yep. That's a big deal. Okay. Um, I think you're going to like this one and have something to say about it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
The next one is how you see desire. Oh, yes. <laughs> We've talked about this before, but intuition is the energy of desire, which is also the energy of love. I, I use the term desire because um, love is one of those words that's kind of like blankety for so many things. Yes. <laughs> There's like a big love and light thing going on. Like it's just, we use it a lot. Desire explains what I mean more. Yes. Okay. And desire has also been demonized, but we'll get to that. I'm sure. Oh, uh, so. <laughs> okay. So most people, when I talk about desire, start to get a little squirmy and they're like, and they immediately think of sex. Jay, will you, I'm just going to, I'm just going to hand the ball to you now because you guys can't see her, but I'm looking at her face and she's like scrunching her face to like <laughs> say what she wants to. <laughs> so Jay, talk a little bit about this. Cause you, you do this well, how we've sort of not just sexualized it, but weaponized desire and how it's become so like far away from what it really is. Go ahead. Well, it's sort of this like big ball to unpack, which you have to like sort of do in your own head and in your own life um, and, and with the experiences that you've had, but I will just give you sort of like the framework of it, which is that desire, the definition of desire is literally to want something. Okay. That's all it is. It's to want something or to wish for something. There's no sexual connotation. The problem is that in stifling women's intuition in stifling women, subjugating women and doing that by turning off their intuition. We've sexualized women, all the things that make women powerful, all the ways that they're in touch with their body and their body creates. I mean, a, 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 a human body creating another human being is very powerful, like that power of creation. Um, so we've demonized sexuality and we've begun to like really like micromanage what sexuality means, um, what sex is, like what's appropriate sex, what's inappropriate sex, um, with whom all of this has been like finely micromanaged. The problem is that in doing so, we've completely disconnected. When we think of desire, we only correlate it to wanting sex because we've diminished women to only wanting sex with them. Mm -hmm. So only see women as being like sex objects or something to be sexually desirable or women see themselves as having to be sexually desirable. Um, we then sort of hyper focus on desire being just about sex and physical bodies. And we have completely lost track of the fact that desire just means you want something, you know, like when I hear the word desire, it's like, I hear some throaty voice like what do you desire <laughs> like like it's like a sex hotline I mean <laughs> it's not that it's like what do you want like when you're saying like I did I want that I desire that I, I desire to have that in my life mm -hmm. there's no sex in that it's only what our society has done to it oh my gosh yes so beautifully and well said and if you don't think that that sort of kidnapping of that term is on purpose, you are wrong because desire, the energy of desire, using desire 
sexually and outside of sexually is a superpower of the intuitive. That word doesn't even sound normal in everyday conversation. Right. Like when you say like, you wouldn't be like, oh, I just like, I desire to have this home, you know, in, in Boston. Right. Like that's my big goal. Like I desire this house in the big city. That doesn't even sound normal. That doesn't sound like a normal sentence because that word, you only think about it in relation to wanting to be with someone physically. Yes. If I said to you, Jamie, what do you desire? You would be like, most. You'd be like, are you a genie? Like, why are you talking like that? Like, it's, it sounds strange, but it's, it's exactly, I don't, I don't say it until I, I'm, I might talking to someone who I've talked to for many sessions. Um, and I usually purposely start trying to trigger that word to mean something else for them. Um, but what I'll say is like, what do you want? That that's the energy of desire. What do you want? And when you ask people that, if if you went on the street and I was like, I could grant you anything you want, what do you want? People won't be able to tell you because they're so disconnected and confused about what desire is. Well, because it feels wrong, they feel like if they desire something sexually, they should be embarrassed by it. So if you're asking someone on the street that they're like, I can't admit to like desiring something that's, that's inappropriate. But if they're a woman, if they're a man, they probably would want to want to brag about it, maybe. Right. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So you need to define or maybe redefine what desire means. Desire can be sexual. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing shameful about that. But it's not just that. Correct. And to that point, I would say take the energy that you feel like if you're thinking about desire and you're going to a place of sex or sexuality, that's fine. But try to take that energy and apply it to other things, right? Like take the, like, Oh, I really want that. Like I I want that so bad, right? Like Mm -hmm. take that desire and allow it to be used for other things in your life or other relationships or projects or goals, allow desire to be, everywhere in your life. Don't just relegate it to, to sex or to like physical relationships. Exactly. And can I just say that when people say, Oh, well I desire. And then they answer as like a sexual one. What they're actually saying is I desire to feel a certain way. And I think, I I think what I'd like to do is use sex to bring that feeling to myself. Yes. <laughs> so, that's a great point. It's it's deeper than just like how you get that feeling. It's what do you want? And the reason that's so important with your intuition is because your intuition, its sort of job, quote unquote, is to help you get to the desired states that you have or the ways that the desired feelings that you have. So if if you hear desire and you squirm or it only sounds sexual to you or you feel like a lot of shame around it that's going to really dampen your ability to use intuition. Yes, exactly. If you cut off. Okay. All right. Last one. I could keep going, but this is the last super important one. (laughs) And that is your words, the language you use. I know this is also a bit trendy right now, but I, I will tell you that like, I love like NLP, which is neuro linguistic programming. Like, I've studied it. It's, it's more than just like 
use hot buzzwords in your affirmation. It's far deeper than that. I'm not, I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about using words that make you sound more woohoo than somebody else or whatever. Or it's not a sales pitch. No, I'm saying use language that triggers good feelings that aligns quote unquote with the energy that you want and catch when that language is pulling you away from that. So if you're saying something to yourself, that's making you feel shame and guilt and bad about yourself, go, Whoa, wait a minute. Why am I, what's this language and how can I shift it to not feel that way and to feel how I want to feel? Does that make sense? Yes. And it not only does it pull you into alignment, but also increases the frequency. It's like those two things we talked about. If you're using the right words that feel right for you, then you're you're spiking your frequency without having to meditate for six hours. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. In addition to that, catch when you are using ego language versus when you are using intuitive language. Now, this takes a a little bit of practice, but it is not difficult. So it, it takes consistency and effort, but it isn't necessarily a difficult concept to understand. Anytime that you are thinking something is right or wrong or being like, oh, I should do this or I shouldn't do this. Anytime there's a judgment in it um, or you're doing it to make somebody else approve of you, there's any sort of approval in it, any kind of language that leads to those feelings or, or dictates that at all is ego. Yes. And if you're trying to tune in and you're like, I'm going to tune in, I'm going to get a message. It's going to be so good. I'm going to get a message for Jamie and then I'm going to call her and I'm going to tell her the message. And she is going to be so freaking wowed and approve of my intuition so much that she's going to be like, you are you are intuitive, Heather. I finally believe you. If that's the kind of, I know I'm, I'm dr- like being dramatic about it, but like, if that's the kind of motivation and thing you're doing, you're not going to get a lot of good intuitive information because you are igniting your ego by doing that, by using that kind of language. I don't even think that that's a exaggerated. Okay. <laughs> I, I think it happens more like subconsciously, like I don't, the dialogue might not be as strong as how you said it, but people do feel like they want validation for things like that. So if you're looking to get validation for your intuition, you're sort of canceling it out. Yes. Getting to the place where you just trust your intuition. Like I'm going to tell you how it feels for me, but I don't want you to hear it as like, Oh, I was just born that way. Like I had to work to get to that place. But like For me, if I get a download of information and I maybe share it with somebody and they don't understand it, I don't doubt my own ability. Not at all. I think like, oh, they just haven't got it yet. Or maybe there's different language I can use, or maybe there's an element of it that's not like sparking the right thing. I kind of go back in to try to find it, but I always believe it. Does that make sense? I don't doubt myself. That takes a while to get to, but if you're coming from a place of trying to prove it, not going to work. If you're coming from a place of trying to shame yourself, like, Oh my God, I've, I've got to do, I've got to get an intuitive message today because I haven't got one in 14 days. Like I suck. I better go download one in a 45 minute meditation. (laughs) You're not going to get anything because you're sparking your ego. But if you use language that has to do with desire, with intention, with doing something for yourself, with creating space for yourself and not 
connected to an outcome or anyone else's approval, like more connected to your own authenticity, um, that is going to spark your intuition and you're going to feel much more ease of like having that flow in. And to the opposite of what you said, like the Jamie version of what you said would be not, I have to get a, you know, uh, a download for Susie to show her how great I am. It would be, I, I never get downloads. Like I'm like, forget it. What's the point? It'd be like, this never works. I can never get it. That's the same thing. But like, rather than pushing to get one, you're inadvertently shutting it down because you don't trust it. Either way, you're not trusting it, but it, it can look different depending on how confident you feel. Yeah. You're sort of, you're using it to prove to yourself that you are intuitive or worthy or whatever. Right. right. And that's the same. It's the same energy of, of proving right. that. Whereas if you're just like, huh, I don't, I hear that person talk about getting downloads constantly, but that's not really how it works for me. Let me sort of figure out how it does work for me. And like, right. let me find how to like lean into that. That would be taking maybe something that started as an ego thought and, and moving it into intuitive just by shifting the language and the way you speak to yourself about it. Right. And to your point about consistency, I think when every time this happens to you it, and it's going to happen all the time, don't feel like you have to sit down and resolve it every single time. Cause that is a ton of work. Just being aware of it, just being like, Oh, that's like, why am I talking like that? Like, why am I being so hard on myself? Why does it have to have an a certain outcome? Like, just have that sort of thought to realize that it's, um, that it's that type of, um, sort of ego wording coming in, just acknowledging that and being aware of it, you're going to see a, a change. Yes. And that, that perfectly ties into like the response thing that we talked about before, where you're just like, being with the information you're not necessarily right. doing it's it's that's exactly right like just oh I, I spent a lot of time beating myself up today like in ego right. about this or that huh just notice it you don't right. have to sit down and fix it right then if, if you can and want to go right ahead but you, right. you don't have to unpack it at that moment you just want to be aware of it and sort of be with it for a bit to understand and it doesn't mean you're doing something wrong and you need to shame or guilt yourself it just means that for some reason you're triggered more in ego and it that's probably a clue that there's something fear-based or something that's making you feel unsafe going on and that's valuable information right 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 and then having that awareness just in and of itself is going to create like new pathways of how you're thinking and how your brain's working and how you're approaching it. It's going to, it will start changing on its own. Like you'll have to do work for it, obviously, but it doesn't have to be this big slog of work. No, bringing more awareness to stuff is the best thing that you can do for any of it. Yeah. Yep. That's all my tips. What do you think about my previous statement that like the other ones are kind of a wash if you don't do these things? Agreed. 100% because if you're not aware of all this stuff when you sit down to meditate or or do whatever or to ground or whatever if you aren't managing how you're thinking and the words you're using and the thoughts the the feelings you're feeling um then none of that's going to work exactly exactly um I have to tell you that a ladybug just flew right by me while you were saying she agrees (laughs) isn't it winter are they supposed to be alive what's happening I don't know. Probably not. But I'll have to look up the meaning of ladybug. Yeah. And 
I'm glad I convinced you. I, I don't really think I convinced you. I think you already believed it. Um, but you just needed to know what my things were. But I also want you to hear that not as like, oh, you haven't been doing these things. You suck. I want you to hear it as like, if it's hard, you've been like doing meditations and grounding and frequency stuff and it's still difficult for you and you haven't been doing these things, like let yourself off the hook. You didn't know. Now you do. Now all that stuff will be easier for you. Right. Because it's harder to put, you know, the things we just talked about in an article. It's it's easy to write an article about meditation and grounding, right? Like that's, you can put that on some bullet points in an article and people can read it, but it's harder to do like the actual work with your thoughts and your feelings. Um, so you have not been doing it wrong. You just have more information now. Yeah. And it, it really speaks to the point that like what I always say is that intuition is just a lot more basic than we think. So it's like these kind of basic things that are really the strengtheners of it. Not so much like, you know, meditating for 45 minutes, you know, or whatever, like all those things are great, but like, it comes down to basics really. Exactly. Yeah. But that, that goes against the, the sales pitch of having to have some sort of out of body experience, right? If we tell you it's basic and it's more natural to your system, then like, it can't be sold as this big flashy experience to have on a deserted island somewhere. Mm-hmm. That explains some of the angry emails I get, Jay. <laughs> I bet it does. It be mad. Oh yeah, it's it's okay. And and you've been taught the opposite. You know, you've been taught that it's this like woohoo, bigger, weirder thing than it is. But intuition in itself is an instinctual thing that you're born with. So it's you, it's It's your energy. Exactly. Exactly. All right, Jay, those are my tips. What do you think? Love them. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for listening. All right. So try those guys, see what happens and report back. Give us some feedback. Um, Give us some feedback. If you got stuck, what ones worked, maybe just some things that you do, maybe that we didn't mention that that helps your intuition. We'd love to hear. And, um, we'll, uh, we'll share it on our uh, Instagram page too. Yeah. We'd love that. Okay. Awesome. Thanks Jay. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to our episode for show notes and a place to send feedback. Please visit our website embodylove.me slash intuitive girls. Again, that's embodylove.me slash intuitive girls.